Welcome to The Hard Way with Anvil T&D, where three Australian veterans cover everything physical and mental health, business, education, and life lessons learned the hard way. Each episode, the Anvil team challenge themselves, their guests, and their listeners to ask the hard questions, acknowledge their biases, broaden their perspective, and have a laugh along the way. Now, here are your hosts, Dan, Marshall, and Nathan. Beware the dark humor and enjoy the podcast. Run the intro. The intro's done. Oh, the intro's done. As far as the the listener's concerned. Right. We'll run it again. (laughs) (laughs) We need another 30 seconds to prepare. I'm here. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to uh, the Anvil T&D podcast. Yeah. The Hard Way. New podcast episode. Uh, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking. Well, it's titled "Wanting to Do and Doing." This is one of my articles, and it's essentially about motivation and discipline, and the differences between them, and the different kinds of motivation, and why, how one can be used over the other, and I guess which is probably better long term. Yeah. Mm. This was written in November two thousand nineteen. Yeah, this is last year actually. Um, but yeah, it starts off talking about um, just daily life. In daily life, we've probably got. Categorizing two things, it's kind of you have your needs and desires. Needs are things that are essential to living, which may be eating, putting a you know housing and shelter kind of thing. Um, and I also mentioned how that's changed over time because a thousand years ago it was essentially you just needed housing and shelter, like uh, food and shelter, yeah, to get through. Now you kind of need. You could argue that internet is a necessity, which I probably would because you need to do basic everything. (laughs) How else would I play video games? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Draw draw cave paintings. You know, I'm not going to do that. Um, And but yeah, and so there's necessities and then there's desires. So necessities might be thing. You have to go to work to get a paycheck. You have to maintain a level hygiene. Have to do a certain amount of care for the you know your dependents. If you've got kids, especially. Like there's a bunch of things in your life that you have, you're expected to do and you have mm. to do, whether it's survival or just expectation. Whereas you have your desires and they're the things you probably do in your free time, whether that's, you know, at the end of the day, you sit down and watch Netflix or instead of eating a healthy meal, you might treat yourself to like fast food or something. Yeah. Um, and these are things you don't need, but you want to do them anyway. And even if you don't need them, you're still... No matter what happens, you still like. I really want to do that. <laughs> I really want that pizza. Yeah, well, I mentioned I mentioned pizza at least once in there, and it's, it's at least three times. Yeah, it? potentially three. At least once wasn't wrong. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I do mention that because it's you know that's an example and maybe a, a fairly personal one where it's like I could eat steak and vegetables to fill my need for food. Or oh, delicious I pizza. have the option to get Domino's to deliver pizza to me. Yeah. And, and you don't even have to go hunt for it. They just bring it to you. Yeah, they hunt all the individual components, <laughs> including the cheese, and uh, they put it in there. And I think uh, recent events, the zombie apocalypse, Pete, this might mm. have um, kind of cleared people's minds a bit of what is actually a want and a need. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think like there's a lot of things that... People probably just went by the day-to-day life thinking that it was just an, a want or something, but really they... Well, it's even... Well, really, they needed all the toilet paper in Coles. <laughs> yeah, pa- yeah, apparently they needed as much as possible. Uh, yeah. Being stuck inside, um, <laughs> you, you start shitting tenfold, you know? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, anyway, according to everyone that took all the toilet paper. I think one of the first things that this article points out is that people do need to take a little bit of time to decide or you know frame in their life what are their needs versus what are their wants well yeah and that's um the perspective thing and perspective is 
fairly hard to change. And like Nath was just saying, the uh, recent zombie apocalypse virus um, probably has helped reframe that for a lot of people. Um, well, potentially, you know, you can't people do their own thing, but people have got their habit. They do day to day in their lives. You know, that's like can't like get ready in the morning, commute, work, commute home, yeah, do whatever the fuck night. Um, whereas now that whole that habitual system they have has been completely flipped upside down. And so they may start to reframe the way they look at things. Like, is it really necessary that I get this at a certain time of day or yeah. get do the achieve this from a certain time frame? Like now their lifestyle is like really different. Yeah. Um, they'll have to adapt or they'll just have a bad time. Yeah, and you see people that'll talk about, oh, I need my coffee yeah, in the morning to that's function. That's a very, very simple one. Or, um, oh, I need to catch the train in at whatever time it is. Mm. Or, I, you know, or I need to get this amount of sleep, which I, honestly I think sleep is a fairly rare one. I don't know many people that prioritize it probably as much as it needs to be prioritized. Well, yeah. But, um, you know, they might, it might be a case of, oh, I really need to watch that next episode of that show or... I, I think I do mention that too. Oh, um, really? Well, I mentioned giving up sleep um, for something else. True. Um, Not this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because you go, oh, I could, like I should get my eight hours or whatever it might be, you know, three in Nathan's case. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, or I could sneak in this one little extra thing and just give a little bit of sleep up. That's okay. Um, and yeah, so sleep is a common one that gets... Uh, not prioritize as highly as it should. Yeah. But I think we also need to look at why you would prioritize one over the other. Well, yeah. Like, it, I think short term, it can be easy to say, oh, just go to bed an hour later or whatever it mm. might be. Um, but how is that being affected long term? Like, um, that one task that you get in, I guess just using Nathan as an example, yeah, that, one task, <laughs> that one task that you get in, you go, oh, I could just do this one extra thing before I go to bed. Mm. But... Because, you know, it's fucking three o'clock in the morning or something and you're probably already tired, you're maybe not as focused, that task might take you twice as long as it would have if you'd gone to bed earlier, woken up at a reasonable time and then just done it. So, you're looking at like an hour and a half if I do it at three in the morning or 45 minutes if I do it the next day. Mm. And I think a lot of people, and this isn't just Nathan, um, a lot of people think that something needs to be done right now if it's ever going to get done. Yeah. But they don't take that step back and weigh up, I could spend an hour and a half doing this thing now because I'm tired and probably not that focused or I can spend 45 minutes tomorrow because I am sharper mind, you know, I'm a bit more awake, whatever it might be. So um, I think one of the important parts of the start of this article is framing for people's minds, you know, the things that you think you need might actually just be a want, you mm. know, or you might be putting that pressure on yourself. Yeah. So I think, and I think you do cover it towards the end as well, which I think we'll obviously loop around to is, are you able to um, tell the difference between what you actually need and what you think you need, mm. you know, those things that you're putting pressure on yourself to achieve, or is it an external thing, you know? Yeah. And um, I spoke like I've, Spoken to Charlotte a fair bit about it too because she is um, someone that constantly wants to be doing or need. F and again, she's got a lot on her plate, so it makes sense. Yeah. But she will, there's times where she says at night, Oh, I just really want to get this done and I need to stay up, but I just, my brain's too dead. I'm like, Well, that's probably, you should go to sleep and do it tomorrow. Mm. And then you'll have, it'll be much easier and you'll perform much better at whatever you're trying yeah. to do. Usually it's like uni work or something. Yeah. And I think she does that now. She's a lot better at that now, but it's been 
taken a fair bit of time for her to yeah change that and i mean that's another point that i think this article brings up is these things are behavioral mm. they're not um you know it's not anyone else's fault that you're staying up late <laughs> yeah um and that's just one example. it's not anyone else's fault like at some point you probably chose to put that on your plate mm. um in charlotte's example uh, when she's doing so much uni work, you know, yes, I understand that those lecturers are probably issuing her the work or, you know, that course load is probably heavier than some other different courses. Mm. But you make that choice when you first sit down and go, I want to be a doctor, for example. Yeah. You know, you make that choice when you say, I want to run my own business. Um, you know, one of the things that I don't particularly enjoy about what we do here is that I have to be here <laughs> before 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh. But I made that choice when I decided that I want to help people with their physical fitness. Mm. Like, I can't help people with their fitness between the hours of like 10 a.m. and 2 <laughs> p.m. every day. Hours, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that would be lovely. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't work for everyone. We tried. So, yeah. We tried. <laughs> <laughs> and I can I can make the choice. I can say, oh, I only want to help people between those hours. Mm. But are we really going to be helping that many people? Mm. I'm excluding more people than I'm including there. So that's... That, is a choice that I have to make and I don't need to get here at that time. Mm. I don't need to have clients outside of what hours I want, but do I want to achieve the things that we are trying to achieve here? Yes. So sometimes you have to take a bit of a hit yeah and do the things you don't particularly like yeah and in our case it's uh getting up before 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But a, I mean it's a cruel world. Yeah, and like I recognize that I have to be up earlier, I guess, not earlier than I'd like, but, and certainly it, I wouldn't consider it early either. Like, well, um, and that's the, it's like a, <laughs> we need to broaden our perspective sometimes. <laughs> Everyone needs to do that because, yeah, we can complain oh, getting up before 8 a.m. It's like, but it's commonplace to get up from six to between six and seven. For I would argue that's their fault as well. But, um, <laughs> I like, I have chosen a life where I can get up at a, re- at a reasonable hour. Mm. I live, you know, all three of us did the same thing. We were in the army where you don't get to choose when you wake up. No, you know, it's horrible. Yeah, you, it's either early or before early yeah. because, you know, you basically push it right down to the last second. But at some stage, you do need to get out of bed. Other, otherwise, there are serious consequences. Mm. Um, whereas now, I, you know, I've tried to structure the way I spend my time in a way that it means I can get up at a time that I would consider reasonable. But that means that I also go to bed much earlier than you guys. Like yeah. you guys are generally up, you know, Nathan, maybe past midnight or your bedtime is pretty much bang on midnight. Yeah. Whereas if I'm in bed after 10, I feel like I'm not getting enough sleep. Mm. So that's that's another thing that I have made an active decision. You know, I want to get a certain amount of sleep. Um, I mean, using your example from this morning, um, I know that sometimes I'll go to bed and I'll lie there for hours and not be able to get to sleep. So I get into bed at nine and that gives me two hours to lie there and think about shit. Yeah. So that, and I mean, not everyone can do that, obviously. Um, but that's, I'm sacrificing whatever it might be. I'm sacrificing Netflix hours. I'm sacrificing computer games or whatever it is because I want to be in bed for an extra couple of hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. I get into bed an hour early than I actually go to sleep as yeah. well because I like to just lay there and kind of, Deload, unwind from the day. Even yeah. if that just means, I know they say you shouldn't do this. Um, I just like sit on my phone and we'll just read things and scroll through things. Yeah. Like, not even social media, just read whatever. And it's just like my deal, like my unwind process an hour before bed. Yeah. And if I don't do that, like, I just don't like getting into bed and going to sleep straight away. 
Yeah, well, I find I can't. Like, yeah. I, I find it very difficult to get into bed and go to sleep. Like, some people can do that. Some people, the, the minute their head hits the pillow, they're out. Yeah. For me, you like, I know on a more regular basis, I'll be up for one to two hours. Mm. But I'll do it lying in bed, getting all those thoughts out of the way or yeah, yeah. doing whatever it is I have to do before I eventually pass the fuck out. Mm. Because, yeah, if I tried to sit on the couch, I'm just pushing that by another hour or two. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not winding down on the couch. Mm. So, But, yeah, I think I think you're right. When it comes to having your own process, that's more important than listening to what they say. You know, people do say don't spend time on your phone when you're in, in the bedroom. Mm. But if that works for you, why would you do something different? Yeah. You know, if for you, hanging out on your phone helps you get to sleep, then do it. If it wasn't, then you would change it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I think sleep's a good way to segue into the next section. Which yeah. It goes into, so when you do have dif- difficulty doing things, whether that's, and generally it's um, with the essentials, yeah. responsibilities and needs. And I guess the responsibility for yourself, like you're just talking about, is getting up at a time that you would prefer not to get up at. Mm. But um, you... And even saying you have to, it wouldn't be really correct. You, so you've, I think people get that, like, I have to eat. You have to eat, <laughs> I yeah. have to drink water or I will die. Mm. Um, I have to exercise. I think people m- miss that one. Yeah. Um, not exercising is not going to kill you tomorrow. Um, you know, there's timelines on everything. If you don't drink for three days, you will die. Drink yeah. water. Um, if you don't eat for two weeks, you will die. Mm. Um, that's a fact. Um, if you don't, exercise for let's go 50 years you're fucked (laughs) right um but if you do then you're almost doubling your life expectancy um at some point if you don't exercise at all and you just go about your life in 50 years time you're gonna come down with a bunch of very preventable yeah (laughs) disease cardiovascular disease especially you know uh, is the main one but we're looking at um obesity the likelihood of getting type 2 diabetes increases. Um, there's a whole bunch of other things, um, even related to things like strokes and um, and dementia, stuff like that, mm. you know, brain issues that they're not preventable, but regular exercise certainly helps. There is a correlation between those that exercise, not getting them to much later. Um, so... That's one of the things. That's why people tend to miss exercise. I think is because they don't. You don't see the effects until like fifty years down the track. Yeah, I think it's similar with sleep as well. Oh like, yeah, I you agree. Can, <clears throat> when you're young, you can fucking get four or five hours a night, but yeah, it's really affecting your lifespan. And I the, think your body, your body has a little like defense mechanism when it comes to. Um, sleep if you don't like we know they've people have forced us to stay up for like 72 hours plus at that point your body basically puts you in the ground yeah it just goes okay that's enough for this i'm shutting down there's any more of this and we're risking our very life Mm. um and obviously external factors could probably drag that out you could probably keep someone awake with drugs or you know, um, certain types of stimulation so that they never fell asleep and it would kill them. Mm. But 
there's no defense mechanism for exercise. You don't get 72 mm. hours without training and your body automatically jumps <laughs> up off the couch and does a 6K yeah, run. Like, like, oh, I can't stop. <laughs> which, yeah. would be, which would be great. Yeah. There's also no defense mechanism against food. Like you get hungry, but you know your body's not going to automatically walk into the kitchen and cook vegetables and steak. It's going to do whatever your brain tells it to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the same with drinking. You get thirsty and you can go skull a coffee or a beer mm. or you could have water, you know. Um, so sleep is one of those ones where I think we're fairly lucky our body will shut us down yeah. <laughs> without without a choice. Um, the other ones, and this leads pretty heavily into motivation, the other ones are completely within our control. You have a choice. Every mm. single time you have a choice between water and beer. And as an adult, you can have beer at fucking nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you it's, can do I it. mean, it might not be socially acceptable, but you can, uh, and I have done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can not exercise. You can stay up later. You know, you can... Um, you can make a choice to stay in bed for a little bit longer, miss your bus or train or, you know, or your haircut, (laughs) get, and, you know, you see it all the time, how it affects people's lives. People wake up a little bit later, be rushed through their regular morning routine, get in the car a little bit later, hit traffic and then be pissed off and Mm. be late to work. They probably wouldn't have entered into this realm of existence these consequences if they'd just gotten out of bed 15 minutes earlier yeah and the bad thing is because what i was going into is the motivation and discipline which is i guess the main two uh focus points of yeah. the article and with motivation it's something that i would consider fleeting yeah and it can it like it ebbs and flows yeah, yeah yeah if it's and again we've spoken about this before where if you enjoy something you're much more likely to be motivated yeah so yeah like you enjoy training people yeah so that helps with your motivation to get out of bed in the morning to be on time to train them or to train anyone at that time at all yeah yeah if it was something like if you had to get up at an earlier time to go and push a fucking boulder for eight hours a day you'd probably be like i don't really want to get up and the motivation would not be there at all like if it's something you hate it's going to be much much yeah. worse and motivation is either non-existent or much harder to come by i remember when we'd be out field and you wake up at like god knows when 4 a.m someone's like shaking your boot oh and you'd, when you'd wake up you'd wake up from the noise of them walking and you could hear the steps you're like, and they're, please, oh, no. they're coming please, for no. Me. <laughs> please no and you know that you're like your motivation is basically less than zero because you're getting up to pack all your shit away really quickly and quietly to then go lie in the cold for fucking 45 minutes mm. and not make any noise yeah and then come back have some shit food for breakfast and then go about a shitty day like yeah. everything about that situation does not seem entertaining to me like no. i have zero motivation because every one of those steps is terrible yeah but i like so i in response to that now that i have a choice on how i spend my mornings um i try to chain things that i enjoy to make yeah. me more motivated to get out of bed so like i don't i probably don't have to start the morning with a shower or even a you know warm shower you know you get you see people that get up out of bed and have a cold shower straight away or whatever yeah I tried that once and that's it's pretty brutal that, yeah i was like nah, yeah this is me whereas you know i'll get out of bed jump straight in the shower and even if it's just like a minute of warm mm. water, it generally like helps with whatever aches I've got from training the day before. It warms me up a little bit. And so I can go, okay, I'm a bit more awake and ready to deal with the day. Um, 
and then I survive for another day. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and that's a mental thing, you know. If I don't have that shower, and I've done week uh, weekends, or like maybe we'll come in here to train, I'll be like, oh, I'll just stay in bed for a little bit longer, (laughs) skip the shower because I'm going straight into train. Mm. And when I get in here, I feel shitter. Like I'm just like, oh, I'm just not as awake. My body feels a bit creaky. I'm a bit off it. Um, And then on top of that. Um, I ride my motorbike into work every day. I could take my car. Um, there are days when, you know, I'll, it could be rainy or whatever where I specifically choose my bike because I enjoy the process of riding it. Yeah. So I might not want to be at work as early as I am. I might not even feel like training people that day, but I do like getting on my bike. So mm. even the trip into work is a little bit more motivation for me to come in here at that time. So it's not just the one thing. It's not, um, you know, and what I mean by that is I'm not just getting out of bed to train people because I like training people. I think a lot of people miss that um, miss that point where they think they're going to enjoy their workday every single day. They get mm. their dream job or whatever it is and they think they're going to love it no matter what. Yeah, and I do mention the you article. Don't. There's no such, like, I do not know any person ever, even ones that are in their dream job, yeah. as they say, and have enjoyed every single moment of their day working. There are some days where you just fucking off it. Yeah, it could be for, there's no particular reason. The work hasn't changed. You just yeah. may be having a bad day um, internally, and that just happens to everyone. Or it could just be a small component of your dream yeah. job that you may not enjoy because what dream job has every component is amazing. Like you could be someone that cares for animals and you love that shit, but then you have to yeah. scrape up animal shit. That's, yeah. You probably don't like that so much. <laughs> I love this shit. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, and that's why I have a more, I try to fill my morning with like four things that I like, um, you know, the shower, the motorbike, whatever, a coffee when I get here is another mm. good one. Um, because even if say one of them sucks for me that day, even if, I miss the motorbike or like I did the other day, I fucking fry my battery and I can't ride it. So I'm not, I don't get that that morning or, you know, the shower, it just happens to be cold because say the water's fucked or, you know, whatever it might be out of those four things, at least one of them should still be there. It would be a very rare occasion for one of those things not to come through for Mm. me or all four of them. Yeah. Um, so, and so what I'm doing is I'm not just getting out of bed to be motivated for one thing in the morning. And I think this is just like a, I don't like the term life hack, but if people are struggling to get out of bed in the morning, um, and there are days where they love it and other days where they hate it, try putting more things that you enjoy in your morning. Um, because if you've got four things, if one falls through, you've still got three things to look forward to. Yeah. And two, you still got two. And it's, like I said before, it's a very rare occasion where all four of those things are going to fuck up. Yeah. And talking of the motivations, um, the article goes into the two different kinds of motivations, um, extrinsic and intrinsic. Yeah. Extrinsic is things that are kind of external to you. So if, Say a coffee is probably a good example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, coffee is like, oh, I'm going to get up and I get my coffee because I get to go and get... It's essentially like a tangible reward for what you've done. Good boy points. Good boy points, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Cup full of good boy points. Yeah, cup full of good boy points. (laughs) Another example is say, like I use in the article, a student may hate a subject they're doing, but they'll study because their extrinsic reward is a good overall mark at the end of their course or degree or whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, a competitive athlete, it's their competition and they win an award, yeah. a medal. Those, those are all extrinsic things um, that may motivate you. And yeah. when you're looking at what motivates you, you should know 
what those things are. Mm. Um, if you respond to extrinsic rewards well, and most people do, most people enjoy material rewards. Short-term w- extrinsic rewards are the best way to get motivated to do something. And exactly, they are generally short-term things. And there's obviously, there's a lot of use in that. Um, yeah. And just because the t- they, they are short-term, don't be dissuaded from utilizing them. Because like yeah. Marshall just said, yeah, short-term, they are the best thing you can do. Um, and then and then there are long term examples as well, uh, as examples as well like say for the athlete or student that has potentially months or years of building up to their extrinsic reward which may be you know the degree or a competition or whatever they work, can work as well but i would still argue that that's fairly short term like yes your competition might be 12 months away mm. yes your degree might be 4 years away but the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic is intrinsic is something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life, mm. um, which is 90 years away or whatever. Yeah. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, a degree is short term. Even if you're at the start of it, that reward at the end, the, um, the piece of paper that you get that says you are now qualified in this thing or you're a certain level of expert or whatever, that's still fairly short term. And to think that that is the only reason why you would pursue something can be a mistake. Mm, it can be a mistake. I just think it's easy to say, oh, in the short term, like I just like to frame goals in like that short term, uh, mid term, long term and put in more like the long term may be the whole degree, four years, short term, maybe six to 12 months and mid term is like a couple of years. Just because like you can say, yeah, in the, in the short term, um, in the grand scheme, sorry, it's not very long, but then the person, someone may have to still deal with day to day, just something they may not be enjoying. It can be not, I feel like it can be a bit of a throwaway line for sometimes the people that are struggling through the day to day and like, oh, but just think about the, the grand scheme. Mm. And they're just like, that makes me feel way fucking better. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you're, you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think um, in staying motivated for these periods of time because as soon as they reach that long-term goal, yeah, they're going to change onto something else and in the grand scheme, things just keep rolling. Yeah. Um, but I just think there is value in um, having the goals, say like in that time frame I just mentioned and not just your whole life. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, no uni student is going to do amazing if all they think about is what it's going to be like in four years' time because because that's just poor motivation. Mm. Um, But at the same time, if all they focus on is what happens at the end of their degree, they're probably missing the point a little bit. Um, You know, if, if you become so caught up and focused in that one thing that you're doing, you forget that there's a much bigger world out yeah, there absolutely. that cares very little for your piece yeah. of paper um, or your competition or whatever mm. it is. Like, um, I guess as an example, uh, that isn't a uni-related example, um, Dave Tate, you know, that um, the powerlifter, powerlifting yeah. coach that we've mentioned a whole bunch of times, um, when he's asked what his number one regret is from his competitive years when he was competing um he said that he didn't give enough time to his wife and kids yeah um which is i mean that's fairly easy to look back and say yeah i should have given more time to them but when training is your number one priority and all you can think about is the next meet then you're actively choosing not to spend time with the people that actually matter the people that are going to be there ideally 
at the end of your competitive um, lifetime. Mm. You know, you can't compete forever. You, I mean, you could try to hit meets when you're fucking 90 years old and you might get a couple a year. You're going to suck. But yeah. um, but there's, it's certainly not going to be the priority of your life. So I think extrinsic mo- motivators are great, but they shouldn't be everything, which obviously is what we're going to get into. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I said, you need to have, say, four things in the morning that are all of those things are fairly extrinsic. Um, I know that I enjoy my job uh, like, and deep down I know that this is the stuff that I want to be doing day to day. But like you said, it doesn't always make me happy to be yeah. here. <laughs> um, so I, f- I have others. Mm. You know, I have the motorbike. I have uh, the coffee every morning and whatever it is. Um, and I have the the shower when I could choose not to, you know. Um, so, yes, you can have the four years as um, as your extrinsic motivator. In four years, I will have this degree. Mm. But you should also have other things, you know. Yeah, you should yeah. also have, um, you know, something that's going to motivate you to do well on a test in a subject you don't like. Yeah. yeah. Um, whatever that, and the grade should not be that motivator. The, the you should reward yourself somehow mm. because. Um, it's very hard to, I guess, um, make a grade tangible. <laughs> well, exactly. Like if you were to say for one, and again, using the uni thing, say you're doing three months of a semester and you just work your ass off for three months and then at the end of it, you look at a sheet of paper, most likely or a digital sheet of paper yeah. on the website and just go, a good grade, you go, cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's then at the end of it, what does it mean? It means great, fuck all. Well, as well, yeah, and that's why you're right. It's important to have a tangible reward, whether it's just like a celebratory dinner, yeah, yeah. like something like that, like hey, trip I, to Bali, trip to Bali, yeah. <laughs> could be hangers, <laughs> <laughs> but well, anything to sort of mark the occasion because yeah. it is important to mark occasions like that as a reminder of why you're doing something. Yeah, because if you don't take that time, it can very much become all chore and no fun. Yeah, you know, all work, no play. Yeah, makes Marshall a dull boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess moving into intrinsic, intrinsic motivators and uh, opposite to extrinsic, is there the kind of internal motivations or internal reasons why you may do something? And that can be just for the, for the love of doing something. Yeah. Um, and I did, the example I gave in the article was, say, a... a Carpenter or just a woods craftsman? What are they called? Woods craft- yep. craftsman. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm calling it. Yep. <laughs> carpenter. Let's stick with carpenter. No, no, it's too formal. <laughs> um, they don't. If they love what they do, they don't just love the end product. They don't just like say it's a table yeah. or something. Um, they don't just look at the table and go. It was all worth it. Yeah. Well, they may. You know, I'm sure it's part of it. Um, you know, this is amazing. Um, they. Also enjoy the hours and hours process that is making that table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is you know crafting. They love the they love the creation and the design and the just hands on work. Yeah. And even though there's some, and we'll talk about this earlier, but just before, um, there's some shit parts of any dream job. Yeah. And say in this case, it may be getting splinters under your nails. Yeah. But, you know, even if you hate, <laughs> it, makes me it does, doesn't that. it? it <laughs> fucking sucks. I hate splinters. Um. <laughs> 
even if you get the split, you're going to get splinters as a carpenter too, I assume. <laughs> not an expert. Only if you're a shit one. Only if you're a shit one. <laughs> no. um, and even if you get those, you know that's part of the job and you deal with those shit parts because you love what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Not, you can see past the splinter. Yeah, you can see generally. past the splinter. You know, you can see the good components and you can also have the end result as a motivator as well so that's a kind of intrinsic thing um i guess in a fitness sense intrinsic may just be you want to feel better about yourself like it not nothing to do with the scales nothing to do with any of that stuff it's just i feel better about myself yeah, yeah. I, I mean intrinsic motivation when it comes to training it's like it's much more observable than with a lot of other things um you know, and I guess it can be a little bit more relatable um, on a on a grander scheme because you don't you don't have to lift weights to understand how much somebody might enjoy exercise as a whole. Mm. You know, a marathon runner and a competitive powerlifter are two completely different types of people, but both of them could probably relate to the love of their chosen discipline yeah you know because nobody is putting a gun to their head and saying you have to run that marathon especially some of the extremes of the sports yeah. as well like and nobody is putting a gun to your head and saying you have to put hundreds of kilos on your back for mm. one squat you know and i mean you try and explain these things the marathon runner is going to look at you and go you're insane why would you do that and yeah. vice versa the powerlifter would be like well i'm not gonna fucking run for four hours yeah. are you serious <laughs> like um so you know, on the surface, these people might seem like two completely different people, but they are both intrinsically motivated in the sense that they love what they do. They love whatever challenges that are a part of that process. You know, you can see the fact that they're willing to put in the time day after day into whatever discipline that they have um, because it's it's not about the medal at the end. It's not mm. It's not so much about the total as it is about the actual training process. And, mm. um, and I know the three of us can relate to that quite well. I think the people that can't relate to that are the people that haven't quite got around to regular exercise yet. Um, the reason why exercise is a little bit different to other things is there's chemicals in your brain that exercise triggers, you know? Yeah. So if somebody exercises regularly for, let's say seven days a week, just for a little bit for six months straight, your body will start dumping these chemicals into your body and uh, your brain will start dumping those chemicals into your body and eventually you'll love it. You can't help it. You basically get addicted yeah. to those little dopamine releases. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, so no matter what, and you see it with everyone, you see those new like gym bunnies on Instagram and stuff, male or female, that, are, you know, they'll put up their stories and they'll be like, oh, you know, a year ago I used to hate lifting, now I love it. That's not because, I mean, part there is a little bit of it that they got better at it, mm. but it's mostly because your body responds really well to that you start yeah. to feel better you start to probably look a bit better you can see the progress because the weights go up or whatever or you know your running times go down or you just you know get a little bit better you can see progress and then on top of that your brain is just filling you full of <laughs> happy chemicals yeah every the, time the you do stuff. it so um you know the people that tend to not be able to relate to that are the ones that just haven't put in enough time yet to understand those feelings it's a little bit different to um, I guess, say you just really fucking love being an accountant. 
just love numbers. But you just love it. Um, that's that's pretty hard for a lot of people to relate to. Mm. Most people would go, no, nah, don't see it. Yeah. But there are some people out there that just love everything about that kind of job. Mm. Um, you know, just like you said before, there are some people that are, they just love working with animals. Yeah. For me, love it when a dog comes into the gym. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great time mm. for me. Um, but I do not want to spend my days looking after every dog that I meet. Yeah. You know, I certainly don't want to spend 12 to 14 hours a day in a veterinary clinic seeing the worst there is to offer about animals. Mm. Um, that's something that I'm just not passionate about. Um, but there are certainly people out there that just love that kind Every of thing. aspect. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the definition of intrinsic motivation is people that don't love the end result. They love the process. Yeah. You know, they can get to the end result and realistically it, it, like you said, with the table, the table is nowhere near as important as the process it took to get to yeah, the table, yeah. you know, so, and <laughs> if you're ever, if you're ever looking for motivation, um, intrinsic is much harder to find, mm. uh, but generally you can recognize it by the fact that you will do something no matter what, you know, you can see those things that you're intrinsically motivated to do because they're the things you default to doing when you get some free time. Yeah. You know, if someone said, um, I actually Trent did a good post about this recently. Um, and it was about the concept of time and how many hours we have in a day. And he's like, you know, if you work 12 hours a day, and you sleep for eight, you've got another four hours to do whatever the fuck you want. Generally, whatever you fill those four hours with is the stuff that you are intrinsically motivated to do. Mm. Because unless there's, like you said before, there's needs, commitments, family, stuff like that. But even if your free time is a grand total of 30 minutes, whatever you fill that free time with, that's the stuff that you are intrinsically motivated to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, like it's moving past motivation onto discipline. Yeah. Um, I did say at the start that discipline, pardon me, uh, motivation ebbs and flows yeah. and it comes and goes and it's not always reliable. Yeah. Like you can just have a bad day and all of a sudden the thing you love doing is just you could not be fucked. This happened to me literally like four days ago. I really enjoy writing articles and I had a mo- an article to write on motivation mm. and mindset. And I just had none of it. (laughs) There was like, I sat down, I'm like, I just do not give a fuck today. Yeah. I have no motivation to do this. But I did it because I know that I have a commitment and I I know that it needs to be up by a certain amount of time. And this is a subject that I dedicated a little bit of time to. And I said, I want to write an article on this. Yeah. So motivated or not, it had to be done. Had to be done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, well, motivation comes and goes and it's generally something that might be short term. Um, it could be, but discipline is something that you build up over time, and yeah. it's a, it's more I would class it more as a skill than a discipline say, is a series of choices. Yeah, yeah. it's than a trait. Um, it's something that you pick up through time, and you've talked about extensively in the past. Say someone that wanted to get into exercising, they should do it six days a week to build the habit. Yeah, and build that discipline to just make this part of your routine, and you will just keep doing it because um, you'll build that. When you uh, Google search discipline, yeah, the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's a very military. <laughs> it is. It is a very military description. I talk about that because um, it says you know um, the it's like they have to follow a certain codes and rules and whatever. And even though in your real life your discipline 
Isn't that extreme? You probably, I think I say, you don't, you may not lash yourself with a belt when you. <laughs> you guys don't do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you when think you, that article got done? Yeah. <laughs> Go get the bands from downstairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you may not lash yourself or punish yourself in some way when you don't do something. But you do follow those, these certain like self imposed rules and codes yeah. that you expect of yourself to do something. Yeah. And when you don't do them, yes, you may not. Yeah, um, there's no physical consequence. There's no, really. no one, yeah, no one's holding you accountable. And I think, and I think to say that is my personal definition of discipline is doing something that you're meant to when no one's going to hold you accountable, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether that's, and this was big in the military, doing something you're supposed to when no one's watching. Yeah. You know, and it rolls into integrity as well. And, um, yeah, and that's like, I'm sure an example like something you're you know you're meant to do like again the, the food thing steak and rice well, and yeah and or exercise is a great example exercises yeah everybody but, knows you probably should be doing some mm. we can see the results like the benefits far outweigh the negatives but whether people have the discipline to take that carve that time out of their day yeah is not you know it's a completely different story mm. um you're right with the steak and vegetables versus the pizza you know we know what the right choice is most people you know with the right level of education you can if you sit down with two options and that's usually what you've got you know you've got option a and option b every single time it's usually a choice um and if someone was giving you a test on it right like we had a test and the test is like life skills, how to be good at life. And question one is, if you were going to be good at life, should you exercise or not exercise? People are going to tick exercise, right? And they say, okay, so should you eat, you know, a well-balanced diet with steak and vegetables or have pizza every night <laughs> for, a, for a good life? They're going to go... Okay, I know what the answer yeah. is, but discipline is whether the, they know the answer, but do they do it? Discipline is the thing where you make the right choice, even though most of the time it's a bit shitty. Yeah, you know? even though you won't enjoy it as much, but you know it is beneficial to, whether it's just generally for a specific goal, that you will do it. Yeah. And the specific goal thing is good to talk about as well. It's like sleeping in. Yeah. Um, if I get up, say, if I get up earlier... And I, um, I'm not targeting you this morning. <laughs> missing yeah, a, just hit me. Yeah, missing a training session. I'm just like this. I think I use this in the. I say this in the article, so I didn't plan to say this to you. Now. <laughs> we chose this article yeah. specifically. You know what'd be good to talk about today? Yeah. yeah. Um, fuck Nathan. Nathan today. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you and um, you sleep in and you miss a training session that was part of a broader program to mm. reach a certain goal. You know, say it's competition or just personal goals. If you miss that training session and whether it happened once or multiple times, the benefits that you lost by missing the training session are more important than the benefits you got from sleeping in. Yeah, but at the same time, and this is right in line with what you were saying before, nobody's going to yell at you. Well, oh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, they might, <laughs> like if they're a dick. <laughs> and like in the army, you could make those choices um, and you might, some people might start to think a certain way about you, mm. you know, you're given the option to either train or hit the piss yeah. and people might think, oh no, that dude's just a piss wreck because he mm. always chooses option B, um, you know, but a lot of the time as an adult, nobody is going to pull you up and go, what the fuck, man? Why mm. didn't you do that? 
Um, because at the end of the day, they don't really care. It's your, it's your, it's your life, life yeah. you know. Um, so when it comes to having the discipline to do something like that, usually it can be hard to hold yourself accountable because you're only, you're only delaying something that could be four, you know, four years in the future. Um, uni is an example. You could, um, you know, put off studying for that test, maybe fail. And the consequence is that you just have to reset the unit. Mm. The consequence is like four years away. You yeah. know, they'll be like, oh, you have to do that unit next year. And it's like, oh, okay, well, it's fucking January now. So yeah. that's a 12 month away problem. <laughs> like it's, it's only delaying the inevitable and you only really notice that it's a problem four years down the track yeah. or at competition day. For example, we got a competition in 12 months and your coach says you need to train six days a week if you want the best possible results. And you go, fuck yeah, I want to win that competition. So I'm going to do that. And then you start to miss sessions. You roll up to the competition in 12 months time and you suck. Yeah, You don't do nearly as well as you thought you would. And your coach turns around and says, okay, well, this is, you know, I told you to train six days a week. You train three days a week. This is a three-day-a-week win. Mm. Yeah, that's what that looks like. And so next time you have that choice, do you get out of bed a little bit early or do you have a three-day-a-week solution? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, and at the end of the day, it's your choice. You can, mm. If you want to win, then you better put in the time. If you don't put in the time, you don't really want to win. Yeah, and that's applicable to basically anything. If you're going to get the results of the effort you put in. Um, so, yeah, if you're only putting a three-day-a-week effort, you're going to get a three-day-a-week result. Yeah. Yeah, and you can apply it to whether your work life, personal life, whatever. Mm. Um, the next part talks about, it's called demotivational. It's the kind of hitting the low points or the failures and talking about that. So no matter how motivated or disciplined you are, sometimes things are not going to go the way you had planned them or yeah. wanted them to go. And that's, you know, throwaway line, but it's essentially just life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do say that you can view things as in your control or out of your control. The mar example Marshall just gave would be things that are within your control. Yeah. yeah. You can control what time you get up. You can control how much you train and how committed you are to something. What you can't control is, say, you're driving to training and you get in a car accident. Yeah. You know, um, assuming you're not at fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's something you can't control. So if you miss a session because something that's out of your control, that's, you know, again, that's kind of life and you have to view it as that. If you think, oh, fuck, I, I missed this training session, I'm, my training's ruined, I'm going to suffer for it, you need to say, well, did I do everything within my control to get the result I wanted? Yeah. And in that scenario, yes, you did. And then, but then something out of your control happened, which say you got T-Mount. I don't know, but you're okay. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's okay. You got T-Mount. Everyone's okay in this accident. In this accident, everyone's fine. It's just your pride's a little bit hurt. Um, and that's something out of your control and you go, well, and the thing to take from things out of your control is how can, what can I do? What's within my power to avoid th this happening again? Yeah. Yeah. What can I, what can I change to um, either put that in my control or just circumnavigate the entire situation yeah yeah um like, I'm, I'm never gonna drive again never gonna drive i'm gonna start riding my <laughs> bike yeah uh but i mean that's a great point is i think this year has been a really good example of mm. something happening that is well without 
well outside anyone's, you know, ability to control. Except that one guy that <laughs> bat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, um, he made the wrong choice. And yeah. if you're a part of the powerlifting community, it was really obvious the effect that it had on people's training. Um, because the zombie apocalypse rolled up and suddenly all of these meets that were on for the second half of the year, inc- including things like nationals and stuff, uh, they're, they're even questioned whether they're going to happen, whether, you know, what time they'll happen, um, what city they might be in. And when it comes to the type of training that, you know, any competitive athlete has, you know, usually you're on a timeline. You'd sort of need to know six to eight weeks before you compete so that you can structure your training in a certain way to be able to produce the best results possible. Um, and a lot of people who train like that are very... Um, I guess, plan-orientated people in the sense that they like to go in and know that that session that they're doing on that particular day is having a certain effect on an end result that will happen in X amount of time. Mm. You know, So something like fucking 2020's approach to how we live our lives is affecting all of these people... Um, you know, and they can't do anything about it. They have no control over what the government says. They have absolutely no control over uh, the spread of this disease. But they do have control over how they train and what they, what training environment they work in. Mm. And I thought it was quite um, interesting to see all of these athletes whose, you know, whose primary motivation for training is that competition to have to reassess their goals to have to reassess their motivation and go okay well i can't compete in six months time am i even going to continue training and you saw there was so many um pictures of people all over the internet who went from like ripped (laughs) to fat as fuck yeah the old covid bod (laughs) yeah Yeah. the covid bod struck and then you also on the complete other end of the spectrum, you've got people who normally all they care about is training for that one competition. Now they're figuring out new ways to train. They're going outside of their comfort zone. They're you know either buying new equipment for their house or they're changing their program completely. You know the the examples of all those powerlifters suddenly becoming fucking really good at bodyweight exercises mm. is an example of people that. That group of people are the intrinsically motivated people, whereas the people that got fat as fuck, that's the extrinsic motivation. Mm. You can tell that those people only train because of what they look like or how how that particular aesthetic affects the rest of their life. So when they don't have to go outside or when, you know, they don't care so much about looking a certain way. They don't, ca- they don't give a fuck. They stop yeah. training. Whereas these people that are intrinsically motivated to do those things, they're the ones that go, okay, I don't have a barbell, so I'm going to start doing bodyweight stuff. Or I don't have access to a full gym, so I'm going to figure out how to do everything from the comfort of my own home. Um, that's And that's a situation where you can visibly see failure and setback. You can see obstacles presented to people and how a whole range of people will deal with it differently. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's an excellent example. Re- excellent real world example. Of- Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Um, and what the last part was, uh, using both of them, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so using both and Marshall's again, Marshall gave a great example of both things, both kinds of motivation in in action. So you see the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivators. And I imagine a lot of people that 
there are a lot of people that were extrinsically motivated, but they just have the discipline to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when their motivation got taken away, essentially. It's just like out of their, completely out of their control. They no longer have this big overarching um, motivator to keep them going, keep them going to the gym, keep them eating in a certain way, et cetera. Yeah. But this goes away and it's like, well, I'm going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah, because I understand the benefits of training and those benefits aren't just a trophy in six months' time yeah. or a total or that particular marathon or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you need to use both. So if you're lacking, if you're someone that isn't as disciplined or you struggle with discipline, which is common and it happens, um, you're, not worse, you're not worse for that. It's just something to work on. Everyone has something. Um, you can use the other motivators to use it where it's extrinsic, like you're saying, excellent for short term. Yeah. It's like I am going to get up and go train and then I might do something after that that I enjoy, whether yeah. it's I'll go to the cafe next door and get a coffee, whatever it might be. Um, or, yeah, it's the other way around where you don't have those motivations. You get up in the morning you're like, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to get out of bed. It's a weekend, yeah. whatever. Um, and then you go, but I should. And then you get up and you go and you do it anyway because you can implement discipline to get what you know is objectively the better thing to do. Yeah. I think it's important to remember at the end of the day that that the more you make a certain choice, the easier it becomes. Mm. So, and that goes both ways. Um, And that's, you know, whether you are looking to foster discipline or um, I guess foster the opposite of it. if you continue to make the choice of getting up at a certain time or of going to bed at a certain time, the first few weeks, it's probably going to be hard, you know, especially if it's completely different to how you've lived your life up until that point. But the more you do it, the more you force yourself to do it over and over again, the easier it will inevitably become until that's your new habit. And then breaking that will actually be more difficult than continuing to do it. So, for example, if you're training, the more you train, the more you make the choice to take a little bit of time out of your day to do some exercise, the harder it will become in the future to not do that. Mm. Um, And that's where discipline can actually become easier. And that's why at the start or somewhere in the middle of all this, I said that discipline is just a series of choices. Yeah. Um, At the start, discipline is the ability to make the difficult choice over and over again, despite everything else convincing you that you shouldn't. But towards the end, you know, once you've made that choice consistently, discipline becomes much easier to rely on. Um, You see this in in the military um, much more than you see it in the real world because in the military, at the start of your career, you are forced to make certain choices. You Mm. are forced to get up at a certain time. You're forced to sleep in your boots, for example, or set up a hoochie or clean your gut every morning and night or whatever it is. And then six years into your career, that stuff is like second nature. You just mm. you just do it because you know it's better that you do it than you, you learn. You've it. learned the hard way. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, Why and, you should do it. And that applies to the rest of your life, except um, I guess most other people don't get the opportunity to be forced to make the hard choices over and over mm. again. Um, so unfortunately, they have to do that to themselves. You yeah. have to force yourself to exercise, to eat well, to drink enough water. Um, and then... You have to force yourself to do all those things that you know are going to be good in the long run. And the more you do that consistently over time, the easier they will inevitably become. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a good spot to wrap up. Yeah, yeah sure. any, any closing points? Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. All right. Case adjourned. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for anyone that's listened to this. We appreciate it. This is uh, Amble TD podcast, the hard way. Well, the hard way, Amble TD podcast, if I want to put it in the correct order. <laughs> yeah. Today we've been talking about motivation, discipline, and different aspects of those things in daily life. Um, and thanks for anyone that's listened. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Hard Way with Anvil TND. This is all made possible by listeners like you, so thank you for your support. If you enjoyed this one, hit the like button and subscribe so you never miss a show. Make sure to visit our website, www.anviltd.com, and check out some of our articles and other podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, any positive ratings really help. Or if you simply tell a friend about us, that would help us out too. If you have an opinion on something we talk about, we would love to know in the comments. Be sure to tune in for our next episode and remember, train smart, train hard.